2: This is the best of Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox
1: Sports Radio.
2: Let's bring in John Campbell from Odd Shark uh, at Johnny Odd Shark on Twitter. He'll be with us here uh, momentarily as we get ready for the NA and the NBA playoffs and break down with him the uh, the situation in the NFL as you consider the prop bets heading into the draft. Um, and uh, obviously, there is uh, much to discuss there. Uh, John Campbell, what are you seeing in terms of uh, interest level on gambling with the NBA and the NHL? What's moving the needle right now?
3: Well, a lot of interest so far. And uh, in the NHL, the Golden Knights continue to be a a, a huge story in in the betting world. Uh, Books just golden knights action every single night and they've been killing the books this year the golden knights won almost a thousand more dollars if you bet a hundred dollars per game on every team they won almost a thousand more than the second best team this year so that's one that's moving the needle i think a lot of people surprised by uh the Cavs and lebron losing their first game here and uh the Raps looking great early on in the playoffs
2: what would the number look like tonight? I mean, the, the Cavs are around an eight-point favorite. Is the public massively on LeBron James because they expect the Cavs to bounce back, or what do you see the money in terms of tonight's game?
3: Yeah, it's, it, I, I think we'll see most of the money come in as the game gets later and this line moved up a little bit. I, I think we'll see a lot of LeBron money come in uh, with the expectation that he's just going to put Cleveland on his back and, and come back and uh, and carry them in this game. But I'd be careful here in this one. Eight points feels like a lot to me. And, and I think this is a bad matchup for the Cavs. Indiana plays really good defense, and they've been able to keep these games low-scoring with Cleveland this year. They're 4-1 straight up and against the spread against Cleveland this year. And this is feeling like a lot of points here. I think books know they'll get Cleveland action, and, and they'll be happy to take Indiana with a bunch of points. So So I'd be careful with this one if you're looking at Cleveland tonight.
2: What about, in general, this Caps uh, series against the, uh, the Blue Jackets, which has gone into overtime every single game? Uh, even though the Caps are down 2-1, does Vegas now expect for the Caps to come back and win this series? What's the expectation? Obviously, a huge Game 3 win for the Caps.
3: Yeah, a really interesting series here, and we'd only ever seen this happen five times before this one, where a team lost both games in overtime at home to start a series in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. So the caps were a team that that I took at 4 to 1 before last night's game to come back in this series and uh, I I just think these games have been way too close the caps have blown some leads and and I think they can come back and win this one. We haven't seen the odds come out yet for for the series here but I think the caps will be much closer to 2 to 1 going forward and and I like them to win this series. I'm going to keep taking them game to game as the series goes on.
2: What about any other uh, futures odds in the NBA or the NHL? Is there anybody right now that you like as these series continue to progress, maybe that you've gotten a better number in? um, Do you like potentially the opportunity for the Trailblazers to come back against the Pelicans, even though they lost their first two at home? Is there anything out there that you're thinking, man, there's value here?
3: Uh, well, the New Jersey Devils six to one uh, in, in that one against the Tampa Bay Lightning is one that I really like. The home teams won every game in that series, and and the Devils were successful in in kind of drawing Tampa Bay into a nasty kind of game last game. So that's one that intrigues me. I love the Celtics to beat the Bucks game to game. They were minus one ninety going into last night's game to beat uh, to win this series uh, as well. So I, I, I think Celtics game to game are going to win there. The Heat is the other one that really interests me. They're plus two seventy five against the Sixers to win this series. Sixers have more talent, but I, I, the Heat made all the right adjustments for me in game two. And with the young Sixers team, I think there might be some value as as this series goes on and D Wade looking like it, it's the mid 2000s all over again.
2: You can also bet on prop bets for the NFL draft, which is eight days from now. We're talking to John Campbell. He's at oddshark at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. Sam Darnold is minus 200, Josh Allen plus 175, Saquon Barkley 5 to 1. Josh Rosen ten to one, Baker Mayfield fourteen to one is at least the most updated numbers I have seen. How ex- how much do you expect that Darnold's going to be the overall number one pick, or do you think there's potentially value here in maybe the idea of a trade or something wacky happening at the top of the draft?
3: Well, Saquon Barkley's been the guy all along at five six to one. I got him at ten to one at being the number one pick. He's been the guy all along that I thought there was some underdog value there. It's sounding like Darnold is is the clear cut number one here, and, and will go number one overall. But I don't love any of the quarterbacks in the draft this year, so it, it might be the year that you do want to kind of bank on on a long shot and, and take a chance there uh, on this one. I, I just I just don't love any of these guys. So, uh, but it does sound like it's going to be Darnold
2: anything else in the nfl draft prop bet market that you like i mean is there anything else that you will bet i know we're eight days out and we'll talk to you next week the day up the day before the draft but are there any that you kind of pay attention to in these uh these markets to make the draft a little bit more entertaining or even potentially see value
3: yeah the the over under by position props are are kind of fun for me and The total running backs in the first round, the over-under is 1.5, and and the over is minus 160, so you have to pay a higher price uh, on that one. But I I love over in the running backs. I think this this is a great year for for running backs in the drafts, and I like the over on that one there. Total number of SEC players drafted in the first round. Every year, SEC leads the way in terms of number of players drafted in the NFL draft. The over-under is eight there. I think I'll just take over every year on that one, and you're going to come out okay most of the time. So those are a couple that I like early on.
2: You're in Canada. Is there a sense that the Raptors are incredibly disrespected in the NBA as a Canadian, one, and two – Is there value that you can unlock based on the Raptors being from Canada and not necessarily respected as much as they should be from a numbers perspective in the United States market, or am I overthinking things that that might happen?
3: Well, Canadians do love to uh, talk about being overlooked with things, but I actually think this is one time where the Raptors finally are getting the respect they deserve and we're uh, we're the third favorite coming into the NBA playoffs here and a lot of people taking them really seriously they've got a deep bench they're playing really well. So, so this is actually the year where I think a lot of the value has been sucked out of them, and they are finally being taken seriously. They were minus 750 going into last night's game to win this series. So, so that one is almost a foregone conclusion. There's not a ton of value left in the Raptors. There was at the start of the year. You, you could get a much better price, 30, 30 to 1-ish, um, early on in the year. But most of the value is gone, unfortunately, with these guys.
2: There's not much value between Warriors and Rockets, and that seems to be the expectation in the Western Conference Finals, that one of those two teams is going to advance and be favored substantially to win the NBA title overall. Is there anybody in the East that you can take a flyer on that you think makes sense, or even anybody in the West? Is there anybody else other than those two that you think can win the title?
3: The, the Celtics is the one. It's it's tough. I, I think the Warriors are going to win overall, but if I'm looking at those underdogs... The Celtics are a team that, that I'm kind of looking at here. Still the number one defense in the NBA. They went 15-7 and seven, now, 16-7 and seven against the spread with an out Kyrie Irving. Still playing really well. So if you want to reach down and kind of take a long shot, they're one team I'm looking at. Oklahoma City's another team. They've got some talent, but, uh, but I really think it's going to be the Warriors. They're just, they're just way too good.
2: Good stuff as always, John Campbell. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So we're talking about uh, the poll question is they're talking about the fact they can bring back the woolly mammoth. Do you have a favorite mammal, a uh, favorite animal that's extinct that you would bring back if you could?
0: A favorite extinct animal I would bring back. Does does like the Yeti? Is that an extinct animal, or is that just not exist? Is that not exist? Well,
2: I don't think it ever existed. You can't create an animal that didn't exist. You're not God. Um. Oh, thank you. I didn't think I yeah. was. Um.
0: I don't know, I don't know what I don't, I mean, I think it'd be fun to bring back like a dinosaur. Just
2: to yeah. I, like I think see I think, think it, the idea of Jurassic Park is pretty phenomenal. Uh, as long yeah. as they don't get out and start to kill you. Um, and so you I think that would be pretty cool. With,
0: can you imagine the Animal Thunderdome segments that we had a living Jurassic
2: Park? It'd oh, be fantastic, be unbelievable! And also, if we had the excitement of bringing these animals back, a lot of you want the saber-toothed tiger back. But I'm freaked out now because I'm asking the question: if we have the ability to clone, uh, like the, the bring back the woolly mammoth, why couldn't we just immediately re bring back somebody who died?
0: Yeah, I, I just I don't know. If, I just don't know if I like that. Like, I just,
2: yeah, that's free. It freaks me out.
0: Like I just I think that like there is
2: obviously like a like this life and
0: death and I kind of I believe in that that idea. What are you, are and, you
2: washing dishes? What are you doing
0: right now? No, I'm, I'm dro- like dropping food off of my kid's chairs so they don't so they don't scream while I do this. Oh, okay. Um, um, no, um, no, I I like to I, I kind of understand the concept. I like the life and death. I think it'd be weird if people lived forever. And also, if you were able to bring people back, because then obviously, who do you choose to bring back? And it just it kind of freaks me out like I, I don't know if yeah I like and that.
2: here's the other thing. I don't think we're that far away from having somebody able to like distill every memory in your head, right? like I don't think we're that far away from somebody being able in the same way that you can download like computer files. I don't think we're that far away from somebody figuring out how to download memories, right And then and if that were to happen, then you could upload whatever memories you want into somebody's brain and convince them or remind them of who they are, right? Because people say, oh, you couldn't create the same person again, but I don't think we're that far away from being able to take, you know, like almost microchip style, and I have no idea whether this is true or not, but it seems to me like the way technology is going, we could do this, that but you could you, but grab you everybody's you memories. Like-
0: but don't you sort of need, like, some some sort of, like, connection to those memories? Like, some sort of like, – not to get too deep, but you need, like, a soul to connect yourself to those memories. And I think if you just upload memories into someone's body, that doesn't that's – they're just going to be freaked out and not really know how these memories connect themselves and, and how
2: – I don't know about they- that. I think that you would – if you went to – I think – I don't know, first of all. I have no idea how, but you're able to <laughs> – convince people like via hypnosis that they believe things i if assuming that hypnosis is real i right. don't know I agree, why right. you wouldn't be able to upload somebody else's you know like memories into your brain and make you believe that that was real
0: whose memories would you want to upload to your brain <laughs>
2: well that's a fantastic freaky, question freaky, freaky, a great well, i mean hunter. this is like freaky friday we just came back with who would you want to change places with Tiger so, you, know, Fr-
0: you know, Freaky Friday was filmed in my high school while I was at, while we were in school. Like while I was there, No. the, movie.
2: the Lindsay yeah. Lohan
0: movie. Yeah, it was filmed in my high school. They filmed it during um, during well, we were actually in class. They filmed, it, and then during recess and lunch, they shut off film and they filmed. Obviously, after school's over. So I had friends who got who were extras because they they left class early for whatever reason and just got like put into a scene like walk as a, as a high school student the, the 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 best part about the whole thing that i remember was um the extras they used to play high school students look nothing like us they were like 25 yeah 30 years old um playing high school student extras you know we're obviously 16 17 18 um uh, yeah from so my high school
2: yeah it was like the uh the 90210 thing when they had andrea zuckerman playing like a high school student and she was like 35 yeah uh, like you know people think that that I, college, high school kids think they look so much older than they actually do um no. and so they had like legitimate now in Dawson's Creek they had people who were relatively similar in age uh that would have been amazing if you'd gotten in Freaky Friday and Lindsay Lohan uh it was basically like that was when she was everybody thought like this is the next uh yeah. Elizabeth Taylor
0: we didn't see we didn't see her, her Jamie Lee Curtis. We didn't see any any of them. Um, they kept us away from them. I don't I forget even where the trailers were at, but uh, yeah, the set was in the middle of our quad.
2: How long did they film? That's a good question. Um,
0: a couple of weeks. I want, I want to imagine. I mean, they were there like, a
2: long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they just tried to get all the high school scenes out of the way early. I don't remember them ever doing a reshoot. I mean, maybe it was in the summer they came back and did a reshoot, but. Um, my high school gets used a lot. Modern family's there. All their high school scenes, football scenes, are there right now. Um, it's what high cool. school
2: was that in LA? Uh, Pacific Palaces. Is that a public? Is that a private school? No, public school. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. All right, yeah. so uh, NFL draft. Um, when you look, I, I feel like we're going to talk to you next week, the day before the draft. But am I correct that the that the Giants at two are the linchpin for what's going to end up happening?
0: Yes, unless the Browns screw up the number one pick and then the, the Giants will just draft Sam Darnold. If if the uh, if the, uh, the Browns take Josh Allen, which to me, I still can't believe they would do that. But if they do that, then the Giants will script to the table and draft Sam Darnold. I think that's the only quarterback they truly love. But then, like you said, at two, there's so many options uh, for them to do. They can obviously stay there and, and, and draft Josh Rosen. I, I I have a hard time believing they'll stay at two and take a position player that's not a quarterback. Um, I just I don't think Dave gentleman would reach for running back at two. Maybe Chubb, the the DN from NC State, but he doesn't really fit their their defense. They just trade away JPP because he's not a fit for them. I'm not sure he fits. I could see them trading out of two, and you have the Broncos, obviously. I think the Bills are going to aggressively trying to move up because they're in a range of twelve right now, where they're not going to get themselves a top quarterback. I think they really want one. I, think, and I, I look, kind of did some research on the Bills. Josh Rosen would be the perfect fit for what they want to do. That their their OC, well, he really hasn't been good anywhere he's been. Um, he likes the prototypical six-two to six-four uh, pocket passer who can't move very well. If you look at who he's had a quarterback. Um, that's who he had. He was in New England as well. He never coached Tom Brady, but he was there with Tom Brady. Um, and that's, I think, who they're going to target. Uh, so the Giants could trade out, take Sam Darnold, or, or probably end up uh, drafting Josh Rosen, which I heard they're not, they're not too high on. Um, it's going to be a wild night, man. I mean, there, there's a, a, a possibility of four quarterbacks drafted in the first four picks. Definitely three in the first three, and I think that's a certain. Um, there's never been more than four quarterbacks taken in the first round. I think we're easily going to get five.
2: You're a smart guy. Uh, you played in the NFL. Do you ever remember somebody in the NFL being so smart that they didn't have any interest in being in the NFL? And the reason why I'm asking that question, obviously, is because Josh Rosen, even though he's not testing as smart on the wonderlick as a lot of other guys, I mean, he's he's a smart guy, but I feel like his, uh, his the expectation of how smart he is is kind of off the charts relative to his testing. But I'm just curious on this. Do you in your career in the NFL or in college, for that matter, ever remember somebody who was playing football and was so smart, they just didn't have any interest in football and as a result didn't have a very successful career?
0: No, I mean, I think I mean the one guy to ever play with was John Urschel, and the, the guy who's at MIT right now, who ended up uh, retiring to, to do to do math. I mean, that's like the one example, but he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant scholar. I mean, I think that he made the right decision. Um, we had an offensive lineman who I played with, Jeff Angarner, who's got a 48 on the Wonderlick. Yeah, that's amazing. Years. he he loved football. He was he was obviously a brilliant mind. He went to A and M. Um, you know, I, I think that the too two smart thing um, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you you don't love football i think that coaches don't like to be challenged um and you have to realize that that millennials I guess how smart let me stop you there
2: how smart are coaches like in no, the NFL they're
0: not see that here's the thing is they're not i would i would say they're not um like they wouldn't score high on on testing but they obviously know the game i mean the best ones do And look there's not good coaches everywhere, just like there's not good in any profession, right? Like, not all 32 NFL coaches are good. Not all 32 OCs are good, especially not all 32 offensive line coaches. Here's what, here's what it is. Here's why, here's why NFL people don't like this, when guys are too smart, is because they spend all hours of the day composing a game plan, putting it together, watching the film, and they come down to the meeting room on Wednesday and say, look, and they slap me, oh, here's your game plan for the week. They don't want you to say, well, I'm not sure about this play, coach. 'Cause they just spent five hours going over that one play. Right. And you as a player are like, I just I don't really know if I like that play. Like, yeah. What, what happens if we if the safety's down here and we do this and, and they do that? And that's why coaches hate it because they spend all these hours uh, formulating a game plan, they spend play. Uh, I'm not. They spend. They'll spend two hours working on one single play. And you come down there, and and players <laughs> are on that one play. They're not going to be happy about that. So that's what they worry about with Josh Rosen. Is that is that he keeps questioning why? Why do we do? Which I think is great because that's how I was. I wanted to know. I played faster if I knew why we did something. I just did. Um, and and I like that in Josh Rosen. I think this is so overblown. Um. I think he, he if you if you read his interviews, he's apologized for, for for the things he's done. His dad, by the way, voted for, for Donald Trump, so we think he's like this raging liberal who, who hates and he might hate Donald Trump. It doesn't mean that you're a raging liberal if you hate Donald Trump. But his dad was a donor and and voted for Donald Trump. So um, like it's just all the stuff keeps blown out proportion.
2: It is interesting. How, how do we know that? Is that a story that they've written about uh, Josh yeah, Rosen's ESPN, background?
0: Yeah, ESPN dot com just came out with a story. He, the interview we we actually interviewed the author, uh, uh, the uh, the journalist, um, on my Pac twelve Today Show in Sirius. So the the interview was done before the Jim Moore comments came out. And he, he asked yep. him to, to if he wanted to come on and do well. The interview the interview was done before it came out. After the comments, and we asked him if he wanted to add to that. He said no, but um, he said Josh Rosen. He he came in thinking. To the interview that Josh Rosen would be the jerk that everyone made him out to be, he thought he was the opposite. He answered questions very honestly. You know, he's you know they asked him, you know, what do you regret? He said, look, I was 18 years old. I shouldn't have worn the the F Trump hat. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. And I think we run into this with, with kids of that age where you know they think about, well, how's it going to look on social media? Everyone will love this on social media, not realizing that it goes further than social media. Um, and so he said, look, I was immature. I did. I acted a certain way when I was 18 and 19 years old. You know, I got handed this, this job at UCLA. I was a little arrogant. I was a little cocky. I regret being that way. I was also 18 years old. I'm now older. I'm more mature now. Um, and I thought the interview was great In, in the interview. He said, look, he was my dad voted for Donald Trump. He donated to Donald Trump. Now my mom is, is a, a liberal feminist, but I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I just think the hat put, you know, the hat for me just was funny um, I, I probably shouldn't have done it. Now I look back on it. I, I won't make that mistake again. Um, but you know, like we have to do the research on all these guys and see what they're about. And I, I, I thought the interview was great because I'm a Josh Rosen fan.
2: So of the quarterbacks, and look, it doesn't matter who you are. Like as you break down the quarterbacks, you could be like, oh, this guy is phenomenal. He's incredible. He's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And you could be wrong, right? These guys watch all this film. It's almost impossible. What do you think the Browns are going to do? My theory is the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold because if Sam Darnold busts, people are going to say, well, you know, he was a big star at USC. That happens, right? The Browns have busted for 20 years. If you take Josh Allen and he busts, everybody's going to say, oh my God, what were the Browns ever thinking? He went to Wyoming. He had a 57% completion percentage. He never played against anybody. This is typical Browns. So I think when you get into that situation, if you're Jimmy Haslam, ultimately you say, okay, go with Sam Darnold, because if he busts, everybody's going to say, well, you know, what can you expect? Versus if you go Josh Allen, who may have a higher uh, ceiling, but if he busts, everybody's going to be like, oh, the Browns are idiots. Of course they took Josh Allen. Does that make any sense? Uh,
0: I don't think so, but I think the Browns want to draft the best guy. I'm not sure I yeah, worried. I
2: understand Someone's that, about, but if you, but if you know image. it's a coin flip, and you draft the guy that everybody thinks should be the number one overall pick, and he bombs. Then it's like you avoid the uh, you avoid right. the, the you, r- ridicule.
0: I mean, either way, either way, John Dorsey would get fired if this pick doesn't work out. But I do think that you, 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 you would treat better night if you're John Dorsey having drafted Sam Darnold than Josh Allen. Josh Allen only completed, by the way, forty nine percent of passes in JUCO. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's <laughs> that's like that's I don't understand. I just the excuses we make for him. He had. He had a lower drop percentage rate than Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Um, the excuses we make for Josh Allen's uh, uh, inaccuracies um, is is just it's astounding because he, you know, he obviously has oh, – I've said this before. I mean, he reminds me of Jake Walker. I would not touch him with a pick that high at one. Maybe in, in, in the teens you go ahead and, and take a flyer on him, but – um, you know, John Dorsey did draft Pat Mahomes last year. Now, a lot of that was Andy Reid, and, and that's another kid that you might you know, compare Josh Allen to. But if you watch Pat Mahomes' film, I mean, he completed passes. Uh, I know he's an air raid in offense, but he was uh, sensational. And, you know, another excuse I hear all the time is, oh, Josh Rosen had no protection. Have you – excuse me, Josh Allen. Have you watched UCLA film? Josh Rosen got beat up every single week. I just don't like these excuses for for Josh Allen. I would not draft him, number one, uh, I think the Browns will do the right thing, um, but here's the thing: is you know people are saying, well, the Browns are putting out these rumors to, to 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 you know to you know to throw people off the scent. But why? They have the number one pick. There's no reason to put out rumors um, that who, of, of who you're taking, I'm, unless you are trying to force someone to trade up to two. I don't understand why they would care about that. Um, but it's real. I mean, there's there's five legit sources that say. They're taking Josh Allen as of right now, and you know, and, and the offshore books have adjusted. I mean, the, there's one I've seen that has Josh Allen as a favorite. So um, it's I can't imagine they would screw this up that badly. But
2: they're the Browns. Last question for you: If you were a GM, what's Des Bryant worth? Would you pursue him at all?
0: Uh, I think you're looking at a one-year deal, almost like what Alshon Jeffrey got a couple of years ago with the Eagles, like one year, nine, ten million dollars, maybe two-year deal to spread some hit over over the two years of the contract. Um, I think that he's going to find his market will not be as as big as he thinks. He's definitely not going to the NFC East. I mean, the Eagles have no money and they don't need him. The Redskins aren't going to win anytime soon, I think, so he's not going to want to go there. The Giants absolutely don't want him. I mean, they want a cultural change, and I don't think he adds uh, much to to, to being a a change of culture. It doesn't seem like a Dave Gettleman type of player. Plus, they have Odell and Shepard and Ingram and Brandon Marshall's back. They don't need him um i think the niners are an option i like the houston texans as an option uh, quite honestly they have uh two established wide receivers so you can put Dez kind of in a possession wide receiver role just you know you're not going to ask him to get a lot of separation but just make some big catches look he's in his 30s as a wide receiver man like you're not gonna he's not gonna get the mark that he thinks he's gonna get
2: good stuff as always jeff Schwartz. we'll talk to you next week it'll be the eve of the nfl draft thanks for hanging man Yep, no problem. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the
1: nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio
2: app. Uh, with us now, at with like Jason on Twitter. Jason, have you, I'm sure you saw Jurassic Park back in the day and Michael Crichton's book and everything else. We got into a debate about whether bringing back the woolly mammoth is a good or bad move. Do you think it's a good or bad move to bring back extinct animals if we have the technology to do it?
4: Uh, I would say bad idea. They're extinct for a reason. That, see, and, and uh, that's a
2: strong position out there. And uh, continue. I'm curious on your philosophy. Well,
4: <laughs> I first of all, I did see Jurassic Park, but I don't. What is the woolly mammoth? The woolly mammoth
2: is is just a, a type of uh, of elephant. It's it's oh. an extinct type of elephant. They found it. In like an old glacier, 42,000 years ago, it fell and died, but they were able to extract the DNA. And now Harvard scientists believe that they can clone that woolly mammoth and bring it back to life. Mm. Yeah, that, that doesn't
4: sound good. Um, yeah. I, I would pass on that.
2: So you would pass on. The, and, yeah. and by the way, the poll question is up. Over 10,000 people have voted. And I was curious to see what the reaction would be here. Um, it's uh, 57% in favor of bringing back, 43% against. All right, you are an Indianapolis native. How uh, much do you believe that the Pacers can win this series in your heart of hearts being legitimately not like a, I grew up in Indianapolis and I'm rooting for the Pacers, but trying to be objective here? Do you think they can do it? Do you think they will do it?
4: Scale of 1 to 10, I think uh, I would put the chances at a 4. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm almost halfway there, but I, I I'm not. Look, they they beat the Cavaliers three or four in the regular season. Yep, and you know that that opening round victory was pretty impressive. But I, I gotta see it again tonight. Uh, and look, if they get up 2-0, I guess everybody's gonna jump on the bandwagon. But but listen, I've seen LeBron James take out the Pacers too many times. I've seen LeBron James elevate his play. Uh, to a level that the Pacers just can't match uh, but I think there's so much chaos in Cleveland uh, from Ty- Tyron Lue not being the coach for a time because of health sabbatical to just all the rumors about Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian and other IG models talking about Tristan and hooking up with another married Cavs player and LeBron James uh, potentially leaving Cleveland again, there's so much chaos that I, I think the Cavaliers are vulnerable. And, and this isn't so much about the Pacers and are they good enough to beat the Cavaliers. It's about the amount of chaos in Cleveland. And, and LeBron James, I'm just saying, t- look, he guarantees championships, but he also guarantees chaos and an uh, ugly exit. And we may be headed that direction again.
2: Is it good or bad for the NBA if LeBron gets knocked out of the Eastern Conference early? Let's say that the Pacers don't do it, but that the Raptors do. I mean, I think if he advances to the Eastern Conference Finals and loses there, that television executives and NBA fans would be okay with that. But I think it would be shocking if the Pacers pulled off this upset. And I think it would still be a little bit stunning if the Raptors got them in round two uh, is it good or bad for the NBA if that happens?
4: Uh, I mean, listen, if if you're broadcasting the Eastern Conference playoffs, which I think ESPN is, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's bad to have LeBron exit. I think for everybody else, I think it would be fascinating. I think it would be you know a, a hell of a story. I think it's something they can survive just because. They are, from Ben Simmons to what Harden and Chris Paul are doing in Houston to, you know, obviously Steph Curry and and the Golden State Warriors, there's enough interesting players and storylines that I think the NBA would be fine. It's not best-case scenario, but I don't think the ratings would just fall through the roof if LeBron exits the playoffs early and you know, clearly as a Pacer fan, I'm rooting for it. Uh, and and look, it wouldn't be the first time that he's, you know, I, I, maybe the first time he's exited in the first round, but it, he's exited the playoffs early before. And the the NBA will be fine. When you look at the NBA
2: in general, um, are you, LeBron's 33? Next year he's going to be 34. When Michael Jordan left the NBA, the league fell off a cliff, and the league still has not built back up to the ratings that they had in 96, 97, and 98 for the second of the Jordan three-peats. Obviously, the culture has changed a lot. There's a lot more channels. There's a lot more entertainment. But do you think the NBA, when LeBron eventually steps off the stage— that his departure from the NBA will have anywhere near the impact that Jordan's departure did from the NBA, or even like Tiger's departure from the PGA has been? Or do you think the NBA is strong enough to withstand the LeBron James moving off of the primary center of the stage?
4: I, I think the NBA will be fine. I think the people that will really be hurt by this are these studio debate shows uh, <laughs> who build their entire lives around talking about LeBron James. But I'm not sure basketball fans and the overwhelming majority of NBA fans are as addicted to LeBron James as debate shows are. And so, look, Michael Jordan, I think, captured the imagination of sports fans, not just basketball fans, sports fans, in a way that LeBron James just hasn't. Uh, Again, if you just look at uh, the shoe sales, Jordan is still the most dominant shoe brand at Nike and in all of sports. LeBron James has never challenged that. I think Jordan sells more than everybody combined. And so I I think Jordan penetrated the the psych of sports fans far more than LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James... It, it, even in comparison to Matty Johnson or Larry Bird, I don't think he's reached that level. Now, again, among people that you know debate sports every day, yeah, he's paramount in our minds, but with the casual sports fan, I, I just don't think LeBron's reached that level. What do
2: you think the people in our industry who debate Michael Jordan versus LeBron James every day would do if LeBron retired at the end of this year? Like, what is the, you know, I mean, this, I mean, this honestly, there are guys in our industry who every single day they have been debating Michael Jordan versus LeBron James for literally like seven years or eight years now, maybe even longer, it seems like. Every single day, oh, well, on his, 4,738th game, Michael Jordan scored 32 and LeBron scored 27 and passed at the end of the game. What does this mean about their compared? Like, what is the next sports debate that will rise up to Michael Jordan versus LeBron? Because I would say the one before this, Was probably should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? There were guys who would sit around and argue about Pete Rose being in the Hall of Fame every day for like a decade back in old school sports talk radio. What's the next one that will be the eternal debate that somebody? Maybe I need to get on in on this and get in early so I can spend the next decade of my career.
4: It's 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 already here. It's so obvious. The the next LeBron debate. It's already here. It's Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, but but, that will be debated for the next. Colin Kaepernick will be 39, and people will still be sending out tweets and writing stories. (laughs) Uh, So and so just signed such and such (laughs) quarterback, and uh, Colin Kaepernick is still on the market. (laughs) And so. We'll be having, and look, I'm a participant in the Colin Kaepernick debate. But
2: the Colin Kaepernick Uh, debate at least is still, and people are, uh, like, at least that's two years old, but that is really funny to think about when Colin, because Colin Kaepernick's 31, not right now. I think you're probably right. There are guys out there when he's 38, 39, they're going to be like, oh, so-and-so just got signed, but Colin Kaepernick's still a free agent.
4: Yes, and look, I, I was guilty of it, like, I'm a Jeff George and I grew up together, and you know up until he was about 40 I, I never would give up on his football career and I would I okay, I would troll people like hey how come they didn't sign Jeff George but people will legitimately uh you know when Colin Kaepernick is thirty seven thirty eight years old, we'll be talking about oh my god you, you remember fifteen years ago he was in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean he, he led a team to the Super Bowl. I can't believe they just signed Clay Travis's son instead of Colin <laughs> Kaepernick.
2: We're talking to Jason Whitlock at Jason on Twitter. You can follow him on Speak for Yourself where he will be debating LeBron James versus Michael Jordan tonight, uh, this afternoon. Um, uh, or not. Um, the Colin Kaepernick question is interesting uh, for this reason. I saw Adidas come out and say they would sign him if an NFL team signed him, which seems like a ridiculous decision by Adidas, but whatever. Why wouldn't Adidas just go ahead and sign him regardless?
4: I, I thought I'd... I misinterpreted the story. I thought Adidas said that they would sign him even if he doesn't sign with a team. No. Oh, did they
2: say that? I I, did, I just saw the headline. So I thought they were saying they would sign him uh, if he signed with an NFL team. Are they saying they would sign him regardless? One of you guys uh, can do the I, research I saw, on that. Yeah,
4: someone, look, I may have misinterpreted the story, but uh, look, I, I I don't know if that's a bad play for Adidas because Colin Kaepernick does have this huge niche of hardcore fans who think he represents something uh, big and significant and so you know, I don't think it's a, a huge play but I do think people would go out and buy Adidas because of what Colin Kaepernick represents and again it's not a large number of people but when you're trying to compete against Nike and Under Armour, if you if there's two percent of the market that you may pick up because you know the woke crowd can put on Adidas shoes and and say, look how woke I am, I'm wearing Adidas. I'm not sure it's a bad play.
2: Uh, the the quote is, Adidas president Mark King said we would definitely want to sign him if he signed with an NFL team. Now, I don't know why you would need him to sign for an NFL team. It seems like they could sign him regardless. I mean, I I kind of agree with you from a purely business perspective. If you think there is a market there, the question would be would the blowback on Adidas Actually, cost them on their guys who are in the league. I don't even know who who does Adidas have. I'm I'm not playing. Do they have James Harden now? Like who are the top Adidas? Yeah, they got uh, athletes? James
4: Harden. They got Dame Lillard. Uh, I did uh, they got Aaron Rodgers? Okay. Uh, you know, so I, they I'm, have a bunch of guys.
2: The question would be, do any of those guys have appeal? Are there parents out there who are buying their kids Adidas shoes? That would decide not to buy Adidas if they signed Kaepernick? And does that number cancel out the number of shoes that they would sell if they did sign Kaepernick? From the perspective of business, I don't know why it would matter whether he's in the league or not. And uh, there's certainly a Kaepernick market. I just don't know if the anti Kaepernick market cancels out the Kaepernick market, if that makes any sense.
4: Yeah, it does. But I don't look for young people, they're attracted to rebellion. Yeah. And so, for for young people, I think Kaepernick and the shoe game would be an interesting play, and I, I don't see real downside to it. Because again, for young people, they can they can put on the shoes and pretend that they're rebelling against the system and the establishment. And you know, adults I think would just kind of they they wouldn't care about the Kaepernick I, impact. You know, if if you're some 40-year-old guy, you don't really care about, I just don't think it would impact your decision making on what shoes to buy. But for a kid, black, white, green, whatever, hey, if I can put on these Adidas shoes and it represents my rebellion against the establishment, my, they'd go for it.
2: Uh, we're talking to Jason Whitlock. Watch his show. Speak for yourself at Whitlock. Jason, I want to give you a chance to make a pitch. If people haven't watched this show, and a lot of people are still getting used to FS1, even though it's several years early, every time you come on, the feedback is fantastic. But I feel like a lot of people probably still have not sampled the show. What would you tell them to expect if they put on your show on FS1 in the afternoons?
4: I would argue you know, you're going to get the most honest and common sense show uh, talking sports. I, I think that, you know, part of what we have been trying to establish is there's a conversation going on in the media that, to me, is completely concerned about, well, how does what I say land on social media? And social media is a stage, and so I think it causes people to perform and put on an act. And so I'm trying to do a show and have a point of view that's not an act, that's not a performance for social media, that's just like honest and filled with common sense and filled with values probably from middle America more so than the coast. And so I would ask people to watch the show just so they can hear people talk about sports the way they actually talk about sports in their home at a bar at a barbershop or whatever because when you're having real interactions with people you're not thinking about oh, what's Twitter gonna think of what I just said and will this get retweeted or will people just send me negative comments over Twitter because I said this when you're in a barbershop at a bar talking in your home you're not thinking that way and so I I just think it's a real authentic conversation
2: no, I, I would say that's a very good way of uh, of putting it. Um, let's talk. I, I don't know if you want to get into this very much, but I do think it's fascinating. I know you and I have talked about it a little bit off air. This Starbucks case, because you just mentioned social media. What is your take? And I know you tweeted about it with you know what? Let's take a break and come. Do you want to talk about it? Do You want to dive into this story? uh yeah i got no problem with it all right we'll dive into it let's take a break here we'll bring back jason whitlock he comes on early with us uh come on the last several weeks uh if you enjoy our guest uh shoot him a line he's and give him a follow at whitlock jason on twitter we were talking about social media and i am fascinated by how stories become viral and become kind of top of the line stories that otherwise would have disappeared forever and this happened this week with the Starbucks story. If you haven't paid attention, Starbucks has announced they're going to shut down their stores uh, for the afternoon on May 29th to uh, have a uh, racial sensitivity-type training. And this all spirals out of what happened in a Philadelphia-area Starbucks where a guy asked to use the bathroom, uh, was told you have to be a customer to do that. We don't know all the details still in this story, but eventually the police were called uh, because the, the, the manager at Starbucks called and uh, they were arrested. Individuals here were arrested, um, and uh, this has turned into a major, major story spiraling out of social media. What do you think about this story, Jason Whitlock, and also the way that stories like these continue to become top of the mind based on social media interaction?
4: I, I find this story amazing that Starbucks is going to shut down for a day, and you're inviting coffee drinkers around america to find a different store to drink coffee this is amazing all because one manager at one store uh called the police to have someone removed all the starbucks stores are now going to pay a price for that decision that's mind-blowing to me. And and just, so if this had happened at Joe's Coffee Shop, a single-proprietor coffee shop, I just don't think this would be a story. It's, you attach the name Starbucks in a national chain, and now it's a national story, and it's a story that can go viral in a big deal, because one manager at a store made a decision that, uh, you know, some people disagree with it, it, it's. It's mind blowing to me. Your dad ran a business.
2: Yeah, um, and a lot of people have worked out in businesses. There, businesses exist, and this is no like great revelation, but to make money, and the way you make money if you run a public business is by people coming in and consuming the things that you are selling in that business. And if people show up at your business and they're not consuming anything then at some point in time you may request that they leave because they're occupying tables, they're everything else. What do you think your dad would have done if he had had people come into his bar and they had hung out there and never bought a beer or bought a drink?
4: Yeah, they're going to be asked to leave. And and just keep in mind, my dad owned a bar uh, like a Cheers in a black working class uh, area. Of Indianapolis. And, uh, of Indianapolis all my entire life. And so, yeah, eventually if you just come in and sit down and loiter, you're going to get asked to leave. And then if you refuse to leave, you know, my dad would, and my dad's passed away, but at some point he probably would have grabbed his 38 (laughs) and then thought better of it and called the police (laughs) and say, hey, I got some people here that won't leave. And, And then they would have asked the police to force them to leave. And then if you refuse the request of the police, I would think at some point you would get arrested and and removed from the premises. Uh, Again, that's what a small business owner would do. And so I, I can't believe the lack of reporting on this story in terms of how long were they there, did the guy ever go to the bathroom, uh, why did they refuse the police request three different times to leave? But when the police say, "All right, stand up and put your hands behind," or we're going to cuff you. They comply with that request. It, it just, it, you know, so some requests they decline to comply, and then as soon as it's time to get arrested, they do comply. To to me, this whole thing reminds me of billions. And the ice juice storyline in season two, where someone, where uh, Axelrod and these guys set up a controversy with this juice company to take the juice company out, this seems manufactured.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up because I have been in businesses, especially on the East Coast, where there's large crowds, where they keep the bathroom door locked, and they do that, and they either have a code or you need a key. And they do that because so many homeless people want to use it and they're trying to keep the business clean in some way. And so I have been up, I've said, Hey, I got to use the bathroom. They say, Oh, you got to buy something. And so you buy a newspaper or you buy something. If I have to go to the bathroom, and by the way, this has happened to me with kids, right? Like I have had a kid and I've been like, Hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And they're like, They're for customers only. And you're like, Okay, I got to buy something, right? Or you try to go to the bathroom without ever talking to anybody, which is why I think the bathroom was probably locked. But if you have to go to the bathroom bad enough to use a public bathroom, most people, I think, would say, okay, I'll buy something. What's the cheapest thing you got? Worst case scenario, in order to use the bathroom. This guy, either... When did he ever go to the bathroom? If he doesn't go to the bathroom then when he gets arrested, he's definitely not going to go to the bathroom. Like, the whole story just doesn't make sense to me. I kind of feel like it's a setup, too. And by the way, if this was a racist manager and you knew it was a racist manager and somebody set him up, then that's kind of like a a brilliant ploy because they're probably going to end up getting a lot of money. But I feel like from a Starbucks perspective, fire the racist manager if you determine that they were in the wrong and they have behaved inappropriately but don't try to turn it into an indictment of the entire business. Every business on earth has employees who are not ideal, who are doing bad things at times. And so you fire them. That's what businesses do.
4: Or who just make bad decisions in yeah. the moment. Or, look, not even a bad decision. Maybe they're having a bad day. Or there, there was some incident a week before with people that wanted to use the bathroom, and they had a conversation and said, "Hey, look, no more people using the bathroom." Listen, this goes on at gas stations all the time. Hey, you, you, you gotta use the bath. Hey, that's for our customers. We won't get, we won't give you the key unless you, unless you buy. That happens all the time. So again, I can't understand. Why, and again, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't frequent Starbucks. I don't know how expensive things are inside of a Starbucks. You
2: can buy a New York Times, or you can buy a Wall Street Journal. We got to finish off the show here, but Jason Whitlock, go follow him, give him feedback, thank him for waking up early with us from Los Angeles. Watch his show. Speak for yourself. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast